section 46 of a fair mystery this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by marcia payne a fair mystery by bertha m clay the duke's plan that was surely the most silent and somber dinner party ever held at the castle the four who sat down to the table owned to themselves that it was a terrible mistake they ought to have had some stranger present if only to break the ice even the servants wondered as they looked from one grave face to another what unusual cloud had fallen over their superiors the duke looked as though years had passed over his head since morning when he went riding away the picture of a prosperous genial happy-hearted nobleman his hair seemed to have grown grayer the lines on his face deeper the stately figure stooped as it had never done before the star on his breast shone in mockery and contrasted cruelly with the worn haggard face above the duchess in her superb dress of black velvet with its point lace and diamonds looked unhappy she had lost none of her dignity women reserve that under the most trying circumstances but there was a hesitation and faltering in her clear voice that no one had ever heard before lord lindley did his best to restore something like cheerfulness the worst was over for him now the story was told and it was not given to men of his race to feel dull for long they had the happy faculty of recovering from any blow no matter how severe in a marvelously short space of time his confession was made the story told the worst known and what had he to fear things would soon come right he should take his beautiful wife to lindley and their daughter would soon join them the whole story would soon blow over then who so happy as he he was not troubled with any extra amount of conscience with any keen sense of regret so he told stories of his indian life and as far as possible tried to improve the general aspect of things lady estelle had perhaps in all her life never looked more beautiful her usual gentle languor had left her there was a rich color on her fair face a light in her eyes she too was relieved the ordeal that she had dreaded for so many years was over at last the punishment would follow she read her father's face too accurately to doubt that still the worst was over dinner was ended at last the well-trained servants had quitted the dining-room and the door was closed and then the duke looking very grave said her grace and myself have been talking over matters and have decided upon a certain course of conduct i shall be happy if it suits your views if it does not however deeply i may feel it you must henceforth both be strangers to me lady estelle looked wistfully at him but his face was stern and she knew that just then all pleading would be vain you owe me something estelle he said you have dealt me a blow i never thought to suffer and you ought to sacrifice something 
to atone to me for it. I will sacrifice almost anything, she said, that is, anything except my husband. I need not tell you, continued the duke, that I feel the disgrace and shame of the story I have just heard far more than you do who have told it. I feel it so keenly that if it were known, I should never again show my face. I should never hold up my head again among my peers. In fact, I could not endure to live and know that such a history could be told of my daughter. My wife feels it as keenly as myself. Therefore, we have come to a fixed resolution. May I ask what it is? said the Earl. It is this, that the shameful secret be kept a secret still. I do not question the validity of the marriage. I own that, as far as I can see and understand, it was a perfectly legal ceremony. But with my consent, it shall never be known. I would rather, far rather, heaven knows, see the daughter whom I have loved so tenderly and so proudly dead than have this known. The Earl and Countess of Lindley looked at each other. This was very different to what they had expected to hear. I do not see, murmured the Earl, how it can possibly be avoided. It must be known. I have thought of a plan which will obviate the necessity, said the Duke, in his most stately manner. Permit me to explain it. I grant that the existence of this unfortunate girl renders it doubly difficult. Still, I protest by the spotless name the Herefords have ever borne, by my pride of race, by the nobility of my ancestry, by the honor of my house, I protest against letting the world know how my daughter has deceived me. But for the existence of this girl, I would propose that the marriage be annulled. Respect must be paid to her rights. She is at present your sole heiress and the heiress of my daughter. In all conscience, honor, and loyalty, we are bound to recognize her rights. We cannot do otherwise, said the Duchess, with a stately bend of her head. Lady Estelle looked up with an expression of relief. I must ask you, continued the Duke, to follow me attentively. I am anxious to do two things. I wish to preserve the unsullied honor of my house, and I wish to do justice to her whom I must, in spite of my objection, call my grandchild. I propose to do it in this way. Let the secret of this private marriage ever remain unknown and unsuspected. It was known that Captain Studley admired Lady Estelle before he went abroad. It will not seem strange to any one that, having succeeded to the earldom and finding her still with us, he seeks to marry her. Visit Downsbury Castle when you will, my lord. You can speak of Lady Estelle with all the rapture of a Studley. It will soon be rumored about that you have renewed the old love. At the end of six weeks, I will take my daughter to Paris. You can follow us. I will not ask you to go again through the religious ceremony. I have too much respect for religion to suggest it. But you can go through the civil forms, with all the pomp and splendor due to your own rank and ours. 
every paper in england will then have an account of the marriage of lady estelle hereford with the earl of lindley and i shall be saved the greatest disgrace the greatest shame that could have befallen me do you agree to my proposal lord lindley in making it there is nothing against your interest or my daughter's nothing against justice loyalty or honor it is simply a subterfuge to save the honor of a noble house do you agree i see no objection said the earl cautiously i shall dower my daughter right royally said the duke and munificently as though she were marrying the man whom i should have chosen for her it would save an immense deal of scandal and rumor and remarks said the duchess gravely it would save us from a thousand taunts and jeers we have been so proud of you estelle but the child said the earl she cannot be ignored after that fashion certainly not my plan you will find best for her as well as for you i have told you before that i cannot and will not submit to the degradation of hearing this story laughed at by half london this is what i propose for the child you lord lindley were in your youth famed for eccentricity tell the world openly as you please that you were married before you went abroad and lost your wife that is perfectly true and you will not find many questions asked add that unable to burden yourself with the care of a child in india you were compelled to leave her with friends of your wife every word of which is literally strictly and perfectly true the one secret that i charge you to guard as you would guard your life is this the name of your wife you will not find people curious to know it they will conclude that you married some poor pretty girl and not tease you with questions you can claim your daughter at once and take her home with you the earl looked quite content but there was a pitiful expression on the face of lady estelle that was painful to see i understand she said but papa if we do this she will never know who her mother is she will never know that she is my child it is not needful was the stern reply i should think that any mother would shirk from letting her child know such a history as yours she will be with you under your charge you can do all a mother's part toward her and yet save the honor of our name the face of lady estelle grew crimson as she listened my marriage was a legal one papa she said certainly but not an honorable one i do not however insist upon it you can please yourself you know the alternative if you make the true story of her birth known i shall leave england and never look on the faces of my old friends again i do not see estelle said the duchess in a grave cold voice what difference it can possibly make to you if you acknowledge her as your daughter twenty times over you could not do more than let her live in your house and take charge of her you can do that now oh mamma it will be so hard i do not think you will find it so you must remember that with the unfortunate training the child has had it is quite impossible that she can be any credit to you 
You should have looked better after her education, had you ever intended to acknowledge her. Spare me this disgrace. Do not let the world know that a girl brought up in a kitchen at Brackenside is my grandchild. I must confess that, even under the circumstances, bad, painful as they were, I cannot imagine why you acted so with the child. I wanted her to be good and happy in a simple fashion. I never dreamed that these events would happen. I think, said the Duchess, that you should be willing to adopt your father's suggestion. It is by far the most sensible one. I quite agree with it, said Lord Lindley. Then the chief burden falls upon me. I have but to own to a private marriage, as your grace suggests. It is doubtful whether anyone cares to inquire the name of my wife. I was but Captain Studley, and a Mrs. Studley is of no note. Even if the girl herself should question me, I should merely say that I prefer not to mention her mother's name. It will be far the best plan. The girl has a studly face. Claim her at once, and let her take her station as your daughter and mistress of your house until you take Estelle home. I think it will be the best plan, said the earl. If I were in your place, continued the duke, I should not go to the farm. I should at once return to Lindley Court, and when you reach there, send for the farmer, his wife, and your child. It will make far less sensation. They are honest people, too, and if you ask for silence, they will keep it. It is not probable that anyone will ever see her again who knew her here. The farmer and his wife have shown good tact and good sense in keeping friends and acquaintances at a distance. I am sure you are right, said Lord Lindley. Estelle, do you consent? She was silent for some few minutes. They saw her face quiver with pain. Then she left her seat and went round to her father and knelt down by his side. Dearest, she said to him, I owe you this reparation. The dearest wish of my heart was to hear my child call me mother. I renounce that wish for your sake. I promise to do as you suggest. Will you, in turn, forgive me? Perhaps he was glad of the opportunity, for bending over, he kissed her face, and she saw tears in his eyes. The Duchess came round and joined the little group, but even in that moment Lady Estelle felt that the full pardon of her stately mother would indeed be difficult to win. End of section 46 Reading by Marcia Payne